0: Welcome to episode 22 of Caucus Talk, your source for culture, history, and tourism in the North Caucasus mountains of Russia. I'm your host, Andrew. I am your host, Eli. And welcome to the final installment of the first ever... Tourism Month! Yes, man, that felt really good saying that. I almost said first annual. (laughs) You never know. It's sort of the end of an era. It's sort of a
1: bittersweet parting. Well, are we going out with a bang or with a fizzle?
0: Going out with a bang, um, like always. Going in with a bang and out with a bang. Um, So, you know, this has been really fun. Hopefully, uh, listeners, this has been helpful for you. Just kind of hearing more about, you know, what cool things are there to do here, places to see in the North Caucasus, and and hearing from people other than me and Eli So you know we're not just completely bald faced lying to you every episode that it really is beautiful and just a unique place. Uh, This is our final episode, like I said, and uh, we actually we're going to bring in an an outsider here, actually never been to the North Caucasus, but really somebody who's going to help us understand more about kind of the the industry of tourism, the concept of tourism,
1: and more than that, or along with that, I would say this is someone who's got a real heart for people, not. I mean, he's not just a a, a numbers and, uh, dollars and cents guy. Yeah,
0: not just like a, a snakey businessman.
1: Yeah, and not just tourism as a business. I mean, I think this guy sees it really as a calling and something that um, should benefit people on all sides of the equation.
0: That's right. That's right. Yeah. And I, you know, even for me, you know, uh, hopefully uh, most of you just heard our uh, release uh, where uh, Josh and I were talking about. The tour company we've launched, Beyond Red Square. That was the one I I introduced. Yeah, that Eli (laughs) introduced to the world. Um, But even for me, like, that's something I've been learning about more. Like, what is tourism? Why is it good? You know, and that's what uh, our guest is going to talk about. Before we get into that, um, I've got, I love quizzing Eli. Oh, yeah. We haven't quizzed Eli in a while. I'm ready. Uh, So I did a little research. What are some of the either top visited places in the world by tourists? and also like countries in the world that benefit the most from tourism as far as their GDP, their gross domestic product, their economies. Ooh. So let's start with, let's look at first the top most visited countries from last year. Countries? 2016 or 17, yeah, in the world. France. What do you think are the top five? France. Just give me your top five.
1: All right. <laughs> you're going to help me out on the way all. Oh, okay, it's cool. France. I think the top five visited countries include France. <laughs> um, What's your first one again? I'm going to go with France. I'm going to go with um, the U.S. I'm going to go with um, Italy. Essence on the limb here, a little bit on a limb, but I'm going to say Thailand. Okay. And um,
0: there's a lot I want it to be, but I'm going to say fifth... The veins are bursting in his forehead, listeners, Mexico. in case you were wondering. Good guesses. Good guesses. Oh, that's, you, that's you just fell off, off <laughs> the limb, that you you're the proverbial limb. No, you started strong. Uh, France. <laughs> so how about I'll start with five to one. Uh, number five last year with 57 million visitors. Over 57 million was Italy. Okay. So good job. That's five. Uh, wow. Number four was China.
1: See? All right. I'm thinking like. <laughs> I'm thinking like an American here. Uh, there's probably a lot of people got, who visit China. Of course, oh, 59 million last it. year oh, About, that'd yeah. be a
0: lot. So China was representing Asia. Um, the United States was third, 72 okay. million visitors. Man. Tourists. And you got that, so good job. <laughs> Mexico's not in the top five. This was kind of the surprise, but Spain was second. I thought about. 82 million. Spain, but that is surprising. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then. The number one you got it was France, uh, over 88 million tourists. Right. So that's pretty good. You got three of the five. I bet Mexico is six, but don't, you know, don't worry about Mexico it. Mexico is in the top 10. Okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, Thailand is not, but that's still a good guess. Um, lots of Russians travel. Just
1: because I've been to Thailand, thought It was amazing. But. Yeah,
0: and lots, there's, that's one of the places a lot of Russians travel to, too, as well as tourists. So good guesses. That's, and those are like officially quoted statistics from the UNWTO, the, the United Nations World Tourist Organization. Um, so, okay. I didn't know now, we had one of those. Uh, I'm not going to quiz you on this, Stop. but this, this would be absolutely impossible to get. So even though those countries were the most visited in the world, because they have such large economies, tourism does not make up that large of a percentage of the GDP. Right. The, the gross domestic product right. of their total economic output. Um, so the countries in the world, typically, this is what the research shows. That either you could say reliant or tourism, or where tourism plays a huge role in their economy, are small countries yes. with a small population. Maldives, Maldives, Maldives is on there. Yeah, Woo! yeah, and countries where they just have a smaller economy. You could either say Cote d'Ivoire; they're just not as not as wealthy. Yeah. So uh, Maldives is number one. So Boom! I researched four different sites that. Kind of authoritative sources, like including like the World Travel and Tourism Council. Right. These are the five countries that are most common at the top: Maldives, mm-hmm. which is. Do you know where that is? It's in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> in the Indian Ocean. Indian Ocean. Kind of a ways off the coast of Sri Lanka. Canary Islands. Uh, this is where there's so many of these tiny islands that. It's hard. The Faroe Islands. There are islands on here, though. (laughs) They're actually, they're all islands. Uh, New Zealand. (laughs) So British Virgin Islands is on there. That's in the Caribbean. Yep. Macau. Macau. Am I saying that right? That's off the coast of China. Good. Yeah. Uh, Seychelles. 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 Yeah, I butchered that. uh,
1: Those are in the Atlantic. (laughs) That's actually
0: off East East Africa. East
1: Africa. But those were French.
0: Okay. Colonies. Yeah. The and shorelines. then uh, two others were Bahamas and Antigua and Barbuda.
1: There are a lot of little islands down there that I'll probably depend a lot on it. Right. right.
0: And so basically those anywhere between like 25 to 40% of their economy is dependent on tourism. Man. And so speci- specifically when we say dependent on tourism, we mean it produces lots of jobs and it brings in lots of money that supports Economy, the local economy, yeah. Uh, so, isn't this fascinating? Three point two percent of the global economy comes from tourism. Isn't that crazy? It's a lot. Yeah, and then nine point nine percent of all jobs in the world are tourism related. That's amazing. Yeah, I mean, ten percent basically of all jobs in the world have to do with tourism. So, when you think about it that way, like I feel like I think of have often thought of tourism as like this, like self serving, hedonistic, like you're just kind of going for your own pleasure right. deal. But, and of course there are lots of forms of tourism where that is the, the main deal, you know, but that, I feel like I'm starting to see it in a different way is like, this can be a really good help to the local economy and not just the economy, the, the client or the tourist as well.
1: You well, know? I think, I think you said it, there's, there's probably ways to do it. Like, like everything, like any industry or any, you know, there's ways to do it well, and there's ways to do it that are selfish and that do, you know, rake some people across the coals, right? Um, man, yeah. are we part of that ten percent, Andrew? Is caucus talk part of the ten percent? Well, we're not jobs? making any money yet.
0: Oh yeah, uh, about that. No, we no, no, We'll get to that. Later. Yeah, <laughs> we we haven't uh, produced any jobs out of this podcast yet. So now we're
1: going to go for the low
0: price of nine ninety nine. <laughs> Still a hobby, but we're we're working on it. Um yeah so anyways um I think it's a good intro. Um we're bringing in so who we're interviewing today is Jeff Wilson. He's the founder and director of Experience It Tours. Say that again? Founder and director of Experience It Tours. Okay. Yeah. And uh this is a an American tour company that has existed since 2002 and uh was founded, started working in Morocco. Sweet, and uh, they've expanded into other countries. We'll let Jeff kind of um, tell us more about the company, but they're, they're a really, really successful company. And this is who uh, Josh and I have joined up with with Beyond Red Square. We've become like their Caucasus uh, representatives. Excellent. Yeah. So, without further ado, uh, here's our interview with Jeff. All right, Jeff, welcome to Caucus Talk.
2: Thanks so much for having me, Andrew and Eli. It's great to be here with you.
0: Awesome. You are our first ever phone guest. Call-in guest. Call in guest
2: <laughs> on our hotline. <laughs> there we go. Well, I hope that it comes through loud and clear.
1: And so far it's registering,
0: so I'm just thrilled. Jeff, we're actually we're hoping you'll help boost our Africa listener base because hey. we do have we've had a couple of listens from South Africa and Egypt. But we're really hoping to get more people from Africa listening. Uh, So uh, we're hoping you can help us somehow in that regard. That's right.
1: Tell all your friends.
2: (laughs) Well, we love Africa. Africa is an amazing continent and a great great place to visit. So uh, I've been into a lot of countries around Africa, and I just think if people – have not experienced the African hospitality and the friendly people they got to come. It's I
1: awesome. can second. I just want to chime in on that because we go on and on about Caucasus hospitality. But yeah. having lived in West Africa personally, I do want to affirm that there is some competition for hospitality out That's there. That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Now, Jeff, don't get too big on Africa because we're trying to get people to come here to the North Caucasus, but we will give you a little bit of a leash. Uh,
2: <laughs> there we go. Um,
0: so, hey, Jeff, we'd, we'd mentioned that uh, you founded Experience at Tours. Uh, tell us, tell our listeners, who are you and a little bit about your story with tourism and Experience at Tours.
2: Yeah, fantastic. Well, Experience at Tours is a, actually started as a small family business. Um, we focused on Morocco, founded the company in 2002, kind of came, actually this interesting story came after nine eleven, 11 And um, as we were Considering what is some of the issues of this East meets West thing, um, we really wanted to let Americans, college students, understand uh, the Middle East, understand North Africa, understand uh, this new kind of changing world that we live in. And uh, so we an Experience of tours um, and really focused on bringing uh, United States college students over to Morocco to interact with other university students from Morocco, to learn about the culture, the religion. that was back in 2002, and and it was kind of an interesting thing how we we hit the 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 tide or the rising tide of Google AdWords, and we got in early there, uh-huh. and our our company just started growing uh, exponentially, and went from you know a few college tour groups uh, in the first year uh, to now where we're doing about 350 tours uh, to Morocco a year, uh, private tours um, that really focus on cultural tourism twos, fours and sixes, uh people who want to you know, experience the real we say the real Morocco or the real Oman, um the real Kenya. They're looking not just to go travel um and go to some destination, but they really want to understand, wow. experience it and uh yeah, get to know the people, culture and and so yeah, we really, you know, kind of pride ourselves on what we say hassle free custom design tours. Um and so it's been yeah, it's been quite a journey for us. Uh, the company's grown to multiple twelve employees now, and employees in the states, and in in Morocco, in, um Oman, and Libya, and around the world. But it's been uh, wow. it's been a fun ride, and we are looking forward to some other destinations soon.
1: Andrew, I can see why you wanted to hook up with these guys.
0: Yeah, it's it's like he knows what he's doing or something, <laughs>
1: and it, um, and exactly what you guys with
0: Beyond Red Square. Would yeah, do. so you make a really good point from the beginning, Jeff. First of all, that's really incredible to hear. I didn't even know really the full history uh, kind of how it started with college students. So what you're saying is tourism, uh, doesn't just have to be about seeing beautiful places, but you can really leverage kind of the industry or platform or vocation or whatever you want to say of tourism to facilitate kind of these greater things such as like cultural exchange, mutual understanding, et cetera.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm a big believer that, that, uh, you know, we need to kind of get out of our little boxes where we live, our little, little mindset and to experience the world because the world has so much to offer. Mm. And through like cultural exchange, like you said, or through just sitting down and having a glass of mint tea with somebody and hearing their story, your eyes just really begin to open. Yeah. And so many of our travelers just say, you know, life changing. It was a life changing experience. So wow. um, you, you, you blew my mind or um, I'll never be the same. Um, When they go and they actually meet with people or they experience something different, you know, because unfortunately right now there's a lot of hostility in our world and and we we stereotype, we make stereotypes of people and we just say, oh, all these type of people are bad or they're different. And we actually just sit down over a meal with somebody or you have a private driver who explains the country through his eyes. You realize that, you know, we're all people. Um, but and and we all hurt and we all have good things and bad and there is struggle in the world but there is also a lot of um, you know similarities in the struggles and yeah. in, and and in our joys you know and so sure. just learning and and getting to know someone seeing man they're people too right um yeah. it's been really yeah excellent
1: we really hit on that in an early episode we talked about how st- humanizing people takes uh. Works against stereotypes and breaks those yep. down when you yeah. actually experience people as people, which sometimes we don't.
0: Wow, right, right. That's really cool, Jeff. Um, so, what would you say then? So, we talked about like cultural exchange, like that's incredible to hear. A tour a person said that changed my life, you know, like, I don't think most people think of like their vacations or an international trip as that's the end goal. Uh, That's really, really cool. So uh, that's kind of from the client side. How would you say from uh, the local side of tourism, like why is tourism a good thing um, for like employees, the local economy, uh, et cetera?
2: Well, yeah, tourism obviously can impact a country in both positive and negative ways um, hmm. but uh, if we focus really on a on a on a kind of a cultural tourism model that we we look at, um, I really believe that it can um, has serious implications uh, economically for sure, if not some you know social for them to also realize that uh, for example, our American travelers are not all. You know, stereotypically American, and some of the things that go along with that. But let me just tell you a story about uh, my my good friend um, Namir. He's one of our drivers, and when we started with Namir uh, about 15 years ago, he was driving uh, a, a taxi for another driver, huh. and uh, he basically got subcontracted through another driver that we worked with to work with some of our clients. And over the years, uh, Namir was able to buy his own uh car his first car he bought his own car and he moved out from underneath the guy who was kind of subcontracted to him he started working directly with our um company um at that point in time he was able to to you know i think he you know got a house and and he you know got a new car and for 15 years he kind of worked his way up into our ranks where he was one of the top drivers that we work with and recently wow. actually Namu had retired uh, from a drive with us because he was able to buy his own, uh, sort of guest house boutique style Riyadh, uh, for you know, hosting clients. And so now Named is no longer driving. He's actually, uh, you're running, you know, a $300,000, uh, guest house wow. that he has built and That's remodeled, amazing. um, all from working in the tourism industry with our company. So, you know, we've been able to see it impact him and his family and the people that he works with and employing others. And it's just, it's been able to multiply um, from there. So I can see it has a strong, you know, huge impact financially financially. Uh, if again, it needs to be done well, it needs to be done appropriately. Um, but if you do it, if I think if you do it well, um, it can have significant impact.
0: Wow. That's really cool. And like you said, it sounds like, you know, not only was that a huge benefit for Namir personally, but. I would assume he has kids for his family, for his water circle, um, as well.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. Kids get a better education. Um, you know, they can go into private schooling or whatever. And so, uh, you can see the definitely, hopefully the future impact, uh, where they, you know, the kids are benefiting from that and and hopefully their lives are changed. You know, that's, that's our goal is to see lives changed.
1: I think some people hear a story like that and, either are afraid of or skeptical about um, maybe locals becoming dependent on outsiders and outside money. And that kind of rubs people the wrong way. I think often in um, general, just the idea conceptually, they may not have specifics, but can you speak to that at all? Why is that not someone just kind of depending on you guys, um, but actually building real, uh, a real, you know, building a life life change.
0: Yeah.
2: A life change. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. let yeah, a great point. Great question. and Great concern. Um, realizing that Morocco does between eight to 10 million tourists a year. Uh, they're not really depending. He's not depending on us. He's depending on the Moroccan tourism industry. Huh. We happen to be a small player of bringing, let's say 2000 to 3000 tourists a year out of 8 million. So I don't, personally see that he's depending on us he's depending on yes the tourism market right. just like you know the u.s depends on the oil industry sure. and tourism sure. coming to the u.s and things like that so i think to me it's just they're depending on business and they're depending on the economy and i think that business is a great way um to help develop a country now i'm not all and i'm not about you know subsidizing handouts um hmm. and trying you know not letting people really work i i, I really believe that you know, growing through business and empowering people through business and changing their lives that way is the way to go and we 're looking at sustainable models if we were if it was not a sustainable model uh, and yes, all of a sudden we got pulled out and they could not continue, that would be a problem but um, I think right. if all of a sudden our company had to shut down in Morocco tomorrow, each of these guys that we 're working with the drivers, the hotels the guides would continue working because they 've been equipped better we 've trained them. They've now have their own vehicles and they could go out and get jobs working with other companies that would be part of the, you know, 8 million tourists a year or whatever.
0: That's a great answer. Thanks. Wow. That's cool. So to piggyback on that, Jeff, uh, I think there is that fear, like Eli said, that people who do go overseas either go on a tour or they want to kind of sightsee there's a little bit of a fear. Like, uh, I want to do this the right way. I don't want to like be an obnoxious foreigner. Um, or get taken advantage of. Right. So from your perspective, what are, from a tour company's perspective, you've been doing this a long time, what are good ways to do tourism and kind of facilitate it? And what are bad ways to do it?
2: Well, maybe I'll get on my soapbox here, you know, whatever, <laughs> Preach you know. It, really. give you a little, appreciate. Here we go now. Um, <laughs> but I, I, uh, the, uh, the bad way, I think I'm not into mass tourism, so I know I know that is a, a big selling point of Morocco, huh. buses of 40, 50 people coming, herding them around like cattle through different, you know, whatever. Um, that oh. is not, to me, a good way of doing tourism, um, because oftentimes you're you know, you're you're leaving a big footprint in the community that way. Uh, you're just you're not really able to experience the culture. Huh. Everything is, is dictated from point A to point B, even down to where you're going to eat which stores you're going to go to. And you're just kind of, you know, personally, I, I just think that mass tourism, um, has a more of a negative impact, wow. uh, on, on the country. And so I would say for me, a, a good way of doing it is actually go on a, on an authentic trip, go on something where it's maybe you know, 10 people, 12 people, two people. I love the private tour, yeah. go with your husband or wife, three people, four people, um, because you can then you kind of blend in and you're not, you're not having to have like armed guards or people going with you the whole time or yeah. you know, you're know, you this big, your big bus. And all of a sudden, 40 people come and just disturb everything. And the bus has to turn around in this little one way street. And <laughs> wow. It takes 15 minutes for it to turn around. You know, you pull up in your little vehicle and you, you get out and you maybe have a guide. And, and so then you can actually do do things like you can get into homes. You can't take 40 people into a home. You can't get people, you know, to do these kind of cool little you want to stop in a side street to taste the local food. How do you put 40 people in a, you know, a 10 by 10 little room? You can't, um, you just, you know, you, so I just think a good way of doing it is to be a a cultural learner. Um, pre read before you go there, get some, get a book or something to understand a little bit of the culture. Listen to a podcast. Uh, One thing we try to listen to a podcast (laughs) about, you know, some amazing place that you want to go to. Um, and you know, we, we, we also try as part of our tour company to provide people with, a great packet before they go with a lot of information, so that when they hit the ground they're not just uh you know whatever the word is um yeah they they understand a little bit about what they're getting into a little yeah. bit about the culture and the people um and so I think that's the one way if you're traveling by yourself and you're not with a tour a tour company, I would say then uh take some time to understand the culture before you get there huh. the, as simple as the way you dress uh, a great story is I was you know, uh, we had a tour company, a tour group that was there. And uh, some of the ladies were actually sitting at a square and they're just sitting there drinking some, you know, a drink. And these local Moroccan women came up to them, approached them, started talking to them and invited them home to their house to come have tea with them. Cool. And at the end of the, the discussion, the, the, the ladies asked them, well, why did you, you know, why did you invite <laughs> us home uh, with you? And they said, you know, we've seen the way all the other tourists are dressed. Wow. and we saw that you guys were dressed culturally appropriate and we respected the way you dressed and the way you respected our our culture with the way you dressed um they were wearing long sleeves and long skirts and um unlike the you know french tourists that were wearing the bikini straps and the short <laughs> shorts and stuff and and so they 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 welcomed them actually home wow. and could actually ha- had a fun time together and shared a meal um just because of an a culture a cultural appropriate dress
1: I really want to affirm that. I think that is really key because (laughs) doing a little, doing a little pre-reading, not only is it something that I think as, um, I'm going to go on a limb, but say, I think as Americans in general, traveling the world, we tend to be really weak at that, at really trying to get on, you know, an insider's understanding of what's going on. But, um, for me, and I mean, I used to lead student groups overseas too, Jeff. When, when we would do some research ahead of time, read some history, and then you get into a personal situation, some of the most gratifying moments for me was when someone's personal life and their story ties in with this larger picture that you're starting to put together. And all of a sudden, you have such a deep, like heart level appreciation for what's going on that, mm-hmm. that really transcends your own personal experience that day.
0: Wow, that was deep. (laughs) Yeah, He he does that. He's good at that. (laughs) I agree. Yeah, man. That's really awesome. And even like that story, Jeff, is so good because I think on the one hand, people do fear maybe like I don't want to do something that would be offensive. But when you have – like those ladies had done some preparation and – I mean, they couldn't have even manufactured that situation, but what their, the simple thing of how they dressed, it really showed honor to those local ladies to the point that they invited them into their home. You know, that's really, really cool. Yeah, that's right. Cool. Yeah.
2: Well,
0: good stuff. Um, so uh, we'll let you, uh, we'll let you do a little pitch here for, um, for in general, why uh, a company like Experience It Tours is good to use. And then, you can even pitch experience at tours. Um, so you've been doing this 15 years. Obviously, uh, you're not a fan of the mass tourism. And this might even be new to people hearing there's kind of this thing of like private, authentic cultural tours for two to four or six people. Why, why is choosing a tour like that and a company like experience at tours uh, the best way to kind of facilitate your tour or trip?
2: Well, to me, it's a it's a no brainer because, you know, most people who are looking to travel to Morocco or travel to, I would say, the Northern Caucasus or some other place around the world. That's a little more it's not you know a little off the beaten path, maybe um, they 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 love to travel, but they're a little uncomfortable knowing how to do it and how to do it well. And so they're looking for a little bit of help. And so when you take a company like Experience at Tours, Um, We are actually on the ground. So what makes the huge difference for us and what, you know, we would say our unique value is, is that we we live on the ground in the countries that we work in. Uh, We have people who speak the language. All of our drivers that we use are handpicked. I've interviewed all of them, almost all of them, or my other guys, my American teammates there business team guys have have interviewed the drivers um and and so we we know them and these are friends of ours and and they are the face of our company and we try to give the clients an authentic experience because the tendency is to just try to you know move them around the tourism circuit and to take them to the, the riads and the hotels and the restaurants and to kind of get the money out of them where we want our clients to really experience the culture Really experience the people, experience the real food of Morocco. And so do it using a like a private company to get a private authentic tour. I believe you're just going to get a better experience. Yes, you could go on your own and there's a lot of individual travelers who have amazing experiences by themselves. And that's a great way to travel. If, if you're confident, if you can, can get around like in Morocco, if you have some French, uh, whatever, but if you don't speak the language and you know, you're not confident of doing it, uh, all all alone, having a company that really truly understands the culture and the people and the country because they live, live there, they've lived on the ground, that is huge value. And, uh, you know, we're actually having to stop selling tours. Like we stopped selling tours in March and April and early May because we cannot handle the capacity of the number of people who want our type of tours. Wow. And instead of just bringing more tours and mass tourism, we'd rather tell people, no, we can't take any more because we want to have a high quality service and wow. product than to just keep increasing. Oh, let's take more drivers and more hotels. Well, if we haven't seen them and we haven't actually, you know, picked them and interviewed That'll them, we'll compromise the
1: product.
2: Um, yeah, we'll compromise the product. So, um, yeah, I hope that's what we do in every country that we work in. And you know, um, we're excited. To experience the Tours excited to be, you know, working along with uh, Beyond Red Square there in the North Caucasus and, and, uh, you know, we, you guys live on the ground there. And so same model that we've done in Morocco, we're looking to do it in, in that area. And I know it's going to be fantastic and people are really going to be able to experience hmm. the true, uh, you know, region that you guys work in.
0: That's awesome. Now we are not at the point yet where we're turning people away because we have people banging down the doors, but it's we, coming. with experience at tours coming. help and Jeff's help, we hope to get there, uh, one day soon. Um, that's really, really cool, Jeff. So, uh, real quick and we'll wrap up. Uh, you mentioned a couple other countries, where is experience at tours facilitating these kind of really cool, authentic cultural experiences. And if people are interested, how can they connect with you guys?
2: Yeah, we, um, our main, main focus has been Morocco. They can check us out on experience at com Um, if they are, you know, more high end luxury clients. We do, we have run a website, moroccotours.org. Okay. Both of those uh, focus on uh, Morocco, but we are also going to Oman, the Sultan of Oman, which is a new as of, of last year, we've launched that. Um, and their website is experience at com. Okay. And they can, uh, check that out. We do some stuff in Kenya and we're looking, you know, with you guys getting launched there. So, um, Again, we're not the cheapest on the block I, I tell that to people up front. people contact us and say whoa, yeah. you're you're not you're not cheap you know but <laughs> what we've come to what we've come to realize that is that you know you can either go you know cheap and do it yourself um and in the sense you you know you may get what you pay for or you can <laughs> you know go with that value of uh, what we offer and we realize that what we offer by you know fifteen years of living in North Africa and, uh, you know, handpicking these things is, is worth value to people. And, and like I said, people are willing to pay for it and they truly see that it's valuable and and worth every penny.
1: I mean, for the, for the American, it's like the, uh, you know, the farmer's market, you know, you pay a little premium. If you live in a city, I yeah. guess people who live in the country are like,
0: why would you pay premium? They got the farm,
1: <laughs> they got the farm, but in, you know, you go to farmer's market, it's home raised, it's small batch, it's, and it's better.
0: Huh. Yeah. It's organic. It's or- <laughs> well, that Jeff, that picture alone of uh, the bus of 40 tourists getting stuck on a side street for 15 minutes <laughs> makes <laughs> me never want to do a tour like that in my life. Yeah, um, I'm sold. So that's really great. Um, so, listeners, we will not be offended if you are planning a trip to the Caucasus and because you were. So fired up about what you hear Jeff talking about today. If you decide to go to Morocco or Oman or Kenya, we give you permission. Oh, to speak for to yourself. Reach out.
1: I mean, it's not my company, but come on. <laughs> I think a little a little family competition is a good thing. <laughs> I think North Caucasus blows Morocco out of the water. That's not true. I'm already thinking about anniversary trips for <laughs> <laughs> down the road.
2: Awesome. No, here's what here's what we need to do, Andrew. You know, they you know since you guys are just getting launched up and going out. Hey, come to Morocco first, <laughs> get sold on how awesome the trip is. There
0: and, we go. And go and. Hey,
2: oh yeah. We want to go. Now we want to go back to the Northern Caucasus because you guys are going to rock it out there. All so, right. um, I'm all, you know, I've, I've, I've seen what you guys are promoting. I've seen the stuff that you guys are doing and, uh, it looks fantastic. So, Hey, I don't care where you choose, choose to travel, you know, choose mm. to go somewhere in the world, experience something really understand the people. And that's why we use the word experience it, experience the tours, experience it. And, you know, it's going to make you, a, you know, a better person. You're going to really, uh, you know, your eyes are going to be opened and not one country, just because you've been to North Africa, doesn't mean that you've been to Asia or been to Europe. So um, there's a lot of the world to experience.
0: Awesome. That's a great way to end. Man, Jeff, thank you so much for joining us. It has been my
2: pleasure, and uh, hey, one day we'll do it again or do it from on location there in, in
0: Northern Caucus. That, that's the it. deal. Yeah, we're going to get you here. Awesome. Eli, do we have anything to add to that? I think we would just bring the quality down if you and I started talking right now.
1: That's kind of how I feel. <laughs> let's just let's just do the outro. That was awesome.
0: Awesome. Well, listeners, uh, if you do want to reach out to us, uh, like always, you can email us at podcast at caucustalk dot com. Thanks for listening. This was episode 22, the final episode of Tourism Month here at Caucus Talk, your source for culture, history, and tourism in the North Caucasus mountains of Russia.
1: And we will see you, and I do mean you, Jeff, when you get here.